Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. This week's episode is brought to you by Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. Photonist Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. The PD Pro series is the world's smallest and lightest night vision goggles built around the Photonist 16 millimeter filmless 4G image intensifier tubes and our hybrid filmless 18 millimeter image intensifier tubes. These ultralight, ultra compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. The PD Pro line consists of the PD Pro M 16 millimeter monocular, the PD Pro B 16 millimeter binocular, and the PD Pro Q panoramic night vision system. Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. Also brought to you by Baker's Metalworks and DC Supply. Baker Metalworks and Dixie Supply offer numerous items to help you get your project done right the first time. They carry a variety of different panel profiles in your choice of colors and gauges with all the matching trim and accessories. They also offer a full line of hardware items and post-frame building designs. Their friendly and knowledgeable sales representatives are always willing to help answer any questions or concerns you may have. Contact them with any questions or get a free estimate today. Baker's Metalworks and DC Supply, your metal roofing headquarters. What's up, guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. Hope you guys are having a fantastic week. Missed y'all last week. Me and my wife uh, actually took a little trip to Costa Rica. First one we've, we've been able to take without kids in about 12 years, so uh, that was enjoyable. And, uh, man, I, one thing I learned, when you book a trip to the rainforest, it didn't dawn on me at the time. It should have, but they call it a rainforest for a reason. It rains like every day. So we saw the sun about 15, 20 minutes on our trip, uh, which was a little bit of a bummer, but, uh, we still had a, had a, had a great time. It was a, it's a beautiful place and, uh, I'd recommend it. Just don't go to the rainforest the whole trip. Just maybe break it up. Stay a few days at the beach, a few days in the jungle. But anyway, I'm glad to be back this week. Looking forward to bringing y'all a great show. And, uh, man, let's get started with our first segment with my buddy, Tony Adams, down in Ufala. What's going on, Mr. Tony? Man, I don't know it. I'm ready to get out there and get on some of those slabs, though. You always on the slabs. I don't even want to hear you. You ain't <laughs> never not on the slabs. <laughs> man, it's getting close. Time for them to come to the hill. Man, when, they, you know, when those males start putting those tuxes on and getting real pretty and shiny and you know, those females come up there and start laying out. You're talking about some fun. Oh, man, I can't wait. Man, it's I'm getting so close to these 83 days. Is, you know, it's right around the corner. Man, I, I was looking out in my backyard. I got bluebirds already building nests in my bluebird houses back there. I'm like, man, spring is right. It's here. It's it's right yeah. around the corner. And, and with that's going to come... Uh, Come to crappie and the bass going on the bed, the turkeys gobbling. It's a it's a it's a fantastic time of the year. So, you know, and so when you know, and I fished you fall. It's been a, it's been a while since I've crappie fished there, but you know, I remember when the fish were bedding, we would we'd go up there, and and I mean, it's literally we're fishing with shiners and corks, and it's literally as shallow as you could get. Uh, we were catching fish almost. Is that is that how you? Is that kind of how, how do you how do you work the springtime? 
Well, you know, here real soon, they're kind of scattered now. There's some's in the mouths, you know, some of them in six, eight foot of water. You may have still have some 12, 14 foot deep. You know, they're they're scattered on the edges in the creeks. I mean, you, you can drive through there and you see them all scattered out through there. The bite's pretty good right now up in, under docks, shooting docks. But, you know, what I like, you know, I like to troll for them. And, you know, I like fish. I mean, I love to fish brush piles and I like to spawn fish. But, you know, there's many different ways that I do it is as soon as, you know, it starts warming up, that water temperature gets up around 65, 67 degrees. Man, it's 70 there on fire. But you can just as close, you can throw it to the to the bank, reel it back real slow, you know, like let it pause kind of coming back. So, you know, that, that jig or, you know, is falling, coming back, or either, you know, take you a, a cork, you know, with a minute on it, flip it up there and just twitch it back, do it with a jig the same way. Just, you know, throw it up there next to the bank and just twitch it just a little bit and pause it, and twitch it and let it pause. And, um, you know, it, it, some of the best fishing you'll do. Now, another thing I like to do is when that grass starts turning green, which won't be long neither, you can take your old rake, go in there and rake out bes- beside the bank, you know, where the grass is green around the bank just rake out the old lily pads and all and then come back to it in you know 30 minutes hour take your og minute drop down in that spot that you you raked out man sometimes you can just see them come up you know and and hit it i mean they're just they're like they're not but two three inches under the water and that's and you're doing that i mean literally 30 45 minutes an hour after you rake it the fish are already found that's right yeah, because there's already fish in it. You know, all you're doing is kind of cleaning out the hole, you know, to to so you can drop that. And you can do it if there's a, if you can find a hole big enough, you can drop that jig or that minnow down in it. He's usually, you know, they're usually laying in that that lily pad, that grass, or same way around rocks. You know, I mean, you know, rocks to me seems like it's a little better. You know, just at the earlier part of the spawn because. You know, that sun starts hitting those rocks. Those rocks warmed up so much faster, you know, and it holds the heat. And those crappy likes to, you know, spawn around those rocks because it's a lot warmer around the rocks. At least if it's got some structure and, you know, grass growing around the rocks, like on, you know, bridgeways or, you know, you know, that's that's one of my favorite spots is around the rocks because it holds heat. Yeah. But, you know, you, you may catch them and, you know, as soon as you throw it into the bank, it may be three inches up, you know, under the water right next to the bank. And bam, you know yep. you got a bite. Do you see much difference? In, you know, I, I'm I'm a jig. I love jig fishing for crappie. It's the normal way I do it. But in the springtime, when we're fishing on the bank, we always use corks and shiners. I mean, is there? Do you see a difference? I, I just never even tried a jig. We just always. I don't know why we did it. Just cause how we saw other people do it growing up. I reckon. But do you still fish jigs? For, for I probably that 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 time of the year I probably fish ninety five percent jigs, you know, because I can throw it right up there and reel it back one or two real slow turns, pause it, you know, so that jig falls a little deeper. So I can find out if those fish is in six inches of water or you know if they're six foot from the bank and two real or three quick. four foot of water because every every time it comes out and I reel, you know, I'm letting it sink, you know, pausing it, let letting it fall. So it's kind of like some steps. If you really think about steps, I'm just working the steps. And after I find out how they want it, then that's the way I do it. Or either I may take it, throw it, reel it, not let it fall quite as much. So it's not going as quite as deep. Sometimes you just throw it out there and real slow reel it, you know, not even let it pause. 
and they hit it, you know, because they're closer to the top or, or either the water, you know, shallow also. What jig are you using for that? Are you using like a... My favorite one that time of the year is, is what they call asset rain. Many people make asset rain. I, you know, I use big bite baits, asset rain. And usually at my head, I'll use a 16th ounce head. Um, and I, I like, you know, the orange or the pink heads. Cause now what I've got is I've got many colors in the water. So if I go with an orange head, I got an orange head and the asset rain is, you know, white, yellow, chartreuse. So now I've got four colors in the water that, so I've got four different sites of, you know, that the, the crappy can pick up on the colors. Right. But acid rain, you know, I like the, the, uh, early tail, you know, the one that's got the little tail that's turned up. That's foremost my favorite jig to fish with in the spawn is acid rain. Do you and ever, like, I, I had somebody ask me this question the other day about, and we were talking about spawn fishing, but about using a spinner on your jig. Do you ever use a spinner or is it just straight jig? Every once in a while, I'll do a spinner, but usually if I do a spinner, you know, it's at the early part of the spawn when they're a little further deeper out. You know, they may be five or six feet out from the from the bank. I'll use a jig that's got a little spinner, but most of the time, you don't even need a spinner because when they get up on that bank, I mean, they're ready to hit. They're ready to eat. They're ready to eat. They're ready to, you know, they're ready to go to the fish fry. You know, I found it, I found it very interesting on a call the other day, a couple of weeks ago, we had Eric Cagle on crappie guy up here and Talapusa and, and, and Kusa and, and you know we've you've learned so much and we've talked about it uh, so many times about how you learn crappie with with live scope and, and the electronics that we have now but you know I always kind of had, had thought you know when the crappie start they kind of come in a few at a time but <clears throat> he was saying that he said he learned something a couple years ago that he was following uh, with his live scope out in the open water, he found a gigantic school of crappie and they were moving and they were moving toward the bike. He said, so I just got in behind them and followed them. I'm like, where are they going? And, uh, he said, man, he said, I, he said, I'm talking about a huge school now, hundreds of fish. And he said, they, they hit that grass all together at the same time and just scattered through the grass. It's like, they didn't come in out of that ball, like one or two or four. It was like the whole thing hit the whole ball and they and they all went to the bank at the same exact time so when it's on it's on yeah i mean you may you may sit in one little spot and you may limit out you know not even move i mean i took my little nephew and you know his girlfriend over here one time we pulled up at one little spot it was just as fast you you could throw that that jig in you had a fish you know just you know until we i mean we limited out in less than an hour and a half Man, that's fun. I mean, it's amazing how aggressive they get. And you talking about, you know, catching them. I do a lot of minnow fishing too, but, you know, during the spawn, I, I do, like I say, a whole lot more jig fishing. And then, like I say, January and February is, you know, kind of tough months for down here because usually you have all the fronts coming in. You got muddy water. You got winds 25 miles an hour. Um, the fish is so scattered, you know, because they don't know what to do because, you know, you may be. It may be 80 degrees one day, and it may be 28 the next day. But right. as many warm days as we have had, you know, in the last couple of days, you know, in the 80s and 60s at night, you know, it don't take long. We had some sunshine, you know, to warm that water up, you know, and they'll they'll be on the banks before long if, if that stays that way. Yeah, if. If, yeah. Big if, yeah. 
we went out there the other day and we fished a little bit of a combination of many things. We did a little trolling and then also we, you know, we fished some brush piles and then, you know, I told the guy that was fishing with me, I said, I'm going to just throw it at the bank a couple of times and see what we can do. Well, believe it or not, we had a couple of bites off the bank and caught some fish off, the, you know, out from the bank five to six foot. So, you know, they're, they're staging up out there. It, it won't be long. When you go to, like in, in, in Eufaula, when you're fishing uh, the spawn, do you go to like the backs of the, the inlets and the creeks or, or do you kind of start more toward the, the main channel or do you just go on to the back? Well, the shallow the water and muddy the water is, it's going to warm up faster. So usually the back of the creeks is where it's going to warm up fastest. But I like to fish. Usually if I'm fishing the spawn, I'll usually fish from the bridge up in the creeks. You know, so that that could be, you know, it could be around the bridges, around the rocks. You know, it could be, you know, in little fingers in the back of fingers. Uh, it could be on, you know, a high bank that's got, you know, trees that's, you know, falling in the water. You know, and it could be still ten or twelve foot deep. But you know, those fish is going to be, you know, in that structure. But usually on the shallow side of that structure. You know, yeah, laying, you know, shooting their eggs on the on the wood. But usually it's going to be in the shallow water that I have my best luck when the spawn's really on. I got you. You know, I know that this is a time of year that, I mean, you still go out and you still catch fish. But this is also a time of the year you kind of prepare the lake and and prepare and put out a lot of structure. I'm sure you've been doing a lot of that lately. Yes, for January and February, I'll I'll put out a a lot of structure in the lake. That's usually my, my two work months. You know, a lot of, you know, crepe myrtles, bamboo, cedar trees, and we make some, some real good piles. I mean, you know, some of these trees that we put out, you know, like the crepe myrtles, you know, we'll take those and they may be, you know, five foot tall, you know, six foot wide, and they may be 16 foot long. Or either we'll take them and we'll take the smaller ones, we'll put them in five gallon buckets, you know, with cement. And based on the water depth that we're putting them in, you know, they could be anywhere from four foot tall to 12 foot tall, you know, but, but playing that water depth, usually we use, you know, the water columns. So if it's 20 foot waters, you know, we'll, we'll cut them eight to 10 foot deep, about half the distance of the water column. So we're prepping now in January and February. So when the fish does come off the spawn and starts going back, pulling off the banks, you know, we can, we can start really getting aggressive catching them all year long. And, you know, like I say, I mean, my favorite time of the year really is the summer because you pull up on those brush piles and there could be hundreds on one little brush pile. Mm, that's awesome. Well, there's a reason, you know, uh, that you catch it and do as well as you do in the summer is because you work at it really hard in, in January and February and 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 put out a little, put out a lot of structure and, and mark a lot of places on your on your GPS to, to go back to and look for fish. And I think that's a great some great insight to the crappie fishermen all over the state is, you know, this time of year when when the fishing is fixing to get good, but you still got a little time, man, go out there and, and, and make you some beds and, and they'll pay off for the rest of the year. Well, you know, that really doesn't take that much. If you really think about it, you're driving down the road, you know, your neighbor, or, you know, somebody on the streets cut some, you know, cut the crepe myrtles back and this is time of year they're cutting them back. You know, grab you 15 or 20 of them and get you two five-gallon buckets and a bag of cement and, you know, stick them in there and go out there and find you a little hole and drop them out. And, and you know, not saying that every hole will produce fish, but most of the time, 
80% of them will produce, you know, have fish around them during the summertime. So you got somewhere you can go catch some. Yeah. That's great advice right there, man. No doubt about that. No doubt about it. Well, uh, if somebody was coming down to you fall and going to go, uh, try it this weekend, what would your tip be for this weekend? Well, right now, I, you know, I, I would tell them trolling's really good. I'd try different colors. You know, if you try, you know, trolling with six rods, I'd probably put three different, you know, colors and one a different color on each rod to find out what color they like. I'd probably tip some of them with minnows. Um, I would surely troll from the from the mouth of the mouth of the creek, you know, probably to the to the bridge on Lake Eufaula, you know, and I'd run it probably anywhere from your ten to sixteen foot waters. And there's like I say, there's tons of fish out there schooling around you know, ready to come up. So you would have really good luck there. Or either if you fancy a little brush pile right out from the bank, you know, in, in maybe eight, 10 foot of water, it's going to be holding fish too. Cause I think they're, they're, they're staging out there ready, ready, getting ready to come up, you know, to do the spawn. Well, I, I know that, that trolling is a big thing in the crappie world now. And, and a lot of people do it, but why troll? especially with the electronics we have that most people have on our boats now, what's an advantage of trolling instead of just finding that school of fish out there and casting to them or getting over them? Yeah, you can do it either way. You know, so many people doesn't have the, the live scopes or the mega lives, um, and you can cover a lot more space. You've got so many more different colors, you know, jigs that you can throw where if you're up there with the live scope of mega live, and you got one jig and you're throwing right. it at one fish, you know, you getting a chance, you know, based on how many rods you got, you know, a lot of people will run four on the right, four on the left, you know, and then they'll have four to six at the very back. So you got a lot of hooks, a lot, and you're covering a big span, you know, if you've got yeah. 12 foot rods, you know, two twelves, two tens, two eights, you know, two sixes at the front, and then some off the back. You've got such a wide span that you're covering a, a lot of area. There's a lot of times you troll, you know, you may have three or four fish on at one time where you came through a scope. And like I say, everybody doesn't have the live scope and mega lives. And this way, you, you're getting a lot of coverage and you're finding out kind of what colors they really want due to the span and the coverage that you, you can pull, you know, through the creeks. Yeah, absolutely. Makes sense. Makes sense. You cover a lot more ground, a lot more depth, and a lot more colors and find out what they want and find out what depth is the best and then adjust everything else and load that cooler up. That's right. Get ready for that fish fry. That's right, man. Well, Hey, Tony, I know you, you stay, you stay pretty booked up and, uh, there's a reason for it. Cause you catch a lot of fish, but if somebody wants to book a trip, what's the uh, best way for them to, to contact you, my friend? Uh, the best way to get a hold of me is, uh, phone number is 334-695-3003. That's 334-695-3003. Or they can look me up on Facebook, you know, Tony Adams, that's Lake Eufaula, Alabama. Um, send me a message or friend me or whatever, and, um, you know, we can hook up that way. Sounds good. Y'all reach out, give Tony a call. Uh, I promise you won't regret it. If you want to limit out on some crappie, he's the man, and uh, you're going to learn a lot why you're with him as well. So reach out, give him a call, book you a trip, and uh, go catch a bunch of fish. Tony, thank you, buddy. I always love yeah, having yeah. you on here and greatly appreciate you. Yes, sir. Thank y'all. Y'all have a great weekend. All right, man. You too. Talk to you later. All right. All right. Thanks. All right, guys. Let's take a few moments and hear from some of this week's sponsors. 
AFCO. Family owned and operated, AFCO fishing apparel and tackle are designed to handle the harshest elements and help you weather it any day on the water. From cold tournament mornings to the humid summers in Florida, our products are built to handle the extreme. We are proud to hear customer stories about the 20 plus year life cycle of the AFCO products. Visit AFCO.com. That's AFTCO.com for on the water performance gear. Also brought to you by Bucks Island. Bucks Island has been in business since 1948 for all of your new and used boat needs, as well as motor sales and services. And now they have a pro level tackle store. Boat and motor trade-ins are welcome. Visit them online at BucksIslands.com or give them a call at 256-442-2588. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. A great first segment with, with Tony, and y'all be sure and reach out to him. I don't know that anybody catches more crappie than that guy in the state of Alabama. He loads the boat every time he goes out, so I promise you ain't going to regret booking a trip with him. But, hey, let's go from the southern part of the state. Man, let's get up there on the north part of the state to the Tennessee River. We always love talking about Gunnersville and the Tennessee River, and, and man, this is a fantastic time of year to be be talking to the folks up there so man welcome to the show mr blake teeters what's going on my friend not much mr brian how are you man, i'm doing good buddy i'm doing good man just enjoying some of this uh nice weather we've been blessed with that's right i think the fish are enjoying it too seems to be anyways well let's talk about it man what they doing man obviously i think i hope this isn't a false spring but it kind of seemed like Spring could be here, and the fish are reacting to that. Um, they went from they went from their wintering stuff, and we've kicked into the pre-spawn like hard pre-spawn fast. Um, I got some reports today of guys catching them up in the dirt on a swim jig. A lot of buck fish, but catching them up in the dirt on a swim jig and fish that are already starting to pee a little bit. So it's happening. The females are probably not real far behind. I would expect them. If the weather stays consistent, I would expect some females to be up doing their thing in the next week or so. My goodness, so, man, that's crazy. Really looking it? forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. It's super early. Because usually it's like end of March, right? Yeah. Usually mid to end mid. of March before you get that first big push. But I mean, it kind of seems like we're getting, we're kind of already getting a big push. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's to be expected with high 70 and 80 degree days and sunshine and, the water's been kind of dirty, so dirty water warms up faster. So the water's warming up really quick, and that'll those fish are ready. I mean, they're ready to go. Obviously, you know you're gonna have you'll have a wave come, and then there'll be another wave come. I, I like to think that the fish come with the moon. I know a lot of people, you know, that's uh everybody has different opinions on that, but I've I've always thought that you know the fish will come up with the moon, but some fish, you know, every fish is different. Some fish when their timer goes off, they go. And I, I feel like we've got some that are already starting to do that. Man, that's good. That's, that's good. And when you're targeting, when the fish start moving up like that, are you going to the grass? Oh yeah. I mean, if, I mean, it's Gunnersville, if you're right? not, you gotta go to the yeah. Grass. If you're not fishing grass at Gunnersville, you're like last year's Easter egg in a way, those fish have everything to get in and around. And they, they love being in that grass, especially the shallow wheel grass seems like a lot of the beds that I see are in holes um, in the shallow eelgrass. So those fish will stage on those on those clumps right before they bed. And they don't have to move far from where they're staged to where they're going to bed. 
And then on the north end of the lake, you have a lot of uh, primrose and pad stems. Uh, the primrose is just now starting to grow back. It's new growth for the year, but last year's, so primrose, when it dies off, it really just, the leaves die off the top of it and the vines stay. And the pad stems, they'll do the same thing. The stems stay, but the pads, like the actual lily pad will be gone. So you'll have pad stems and then primrose vines. And those fish love to stage on that stuff. And they'll, you know, anywhere you've got um, pad stems, the bottom's typically hard. So they can bed right there. But they'll stage on the outer edge of that stuff first. And it's usually it's pretty easy pickings on those type of fish with a chatterbait or swim jig or a rattle trap if you can fight. Um, hanging the rattle trap into the pad stems but that's what we like to target on the north end of the lake this time of the year when you're fishing like a swim jig through the grass like that i mean what kind of speed are you fishing that wide open really (laughs) wide open yeah wide open i usually try to keep it where i can see it most of the time um and you'll watch them come up and eat it they won't necessarily break the surface on it like a top water but they'll come up and you'll just see it disappear wow I fish it with uh, the old school Alabama shake technique. It's you know, um, most most people know what I'm referring to when I say Alabama shake. It's kind of a rod tip high, and I'm bouncing my rod tip and just reeling it 100 miles an hour if I can. Um, and just steady bouncing that rod tip, yeah. Yeah, just keep because that makes that swim jig just kind of cut left and right. You know, just erratic. That's and then sometimes I'll just go to a straight retrieve rod tip at about you know, two or three o'clock. And I and I usually throw that on straight braid. Uh, I like to when one bites it, I like to put them in the boat carpet as quick as possible. Yeah, so, you know I know I know. And you mentioned a chatter bait, great bait this time of year as well. How do you fish that differently? Are you still fishing that fast on top? And and when do you choose one versus the other? So, I you know that's a that's a day by day thing. Usually this time of the year when that water hits about fifty five to fifty seven that's when I'll start keeping that chatterbait and I call it running subsurface or even waking it right under the surface. And if I can't get them to come up or if I'm seeing them come up and flash on it, then I'll slow it down and get it down in the water column a little bit. But in the stuff that I'm talking about fishing, I'm only talking about like a max depth of three to four foot. So I'm I'm predominantly talking about kind of kicking up mud with the trolling motor in a way. Yeah. Um, so I want to keep that bait up and I don't want to, I don't want to let that bait get down eye level with those fish. I want that bait to be above those fish's head. So when they do react to it, they think they're eating something real. And that shallow water, when you have a, a bait like a chatter bait or a swim jig, when you keep that thing down eye level with them, I feel like sometimes they get too good of a look at it, especially if it's a, a cleaner water situation. But with that chatter bait, in that real shallow water i like to keep it high in the water column i like to watch them eat it that's that's my thing that's some great advice right there i think most people that this time of the year kind of like like burning it a little bit but is there ever a time when you slow it down and and fish a slower whether it's a you know a a worm or jerk bait or whatever yeah so so you know once i start seeing a lot of fish up cruising you know and and i start seeing them get paired up you know bucks and females getting paired up i'll slow down start throwing a senko you know start dragging stuff and a lizard you know trying to drag it into a bed once i start seeing fish paired up that tells me that there's probably some fish around on bed that you may not be able to see so i'll slow down but on the chatterbait i mean i'll i'll throw that thing um 
you know, I'll throw a chatterbait out eight, ten foot of water. And I've started doing something in the last year or two that's it's helped me out. And, and I had actually, I figured it out by accident. I had a client that was eating a pack of crackers and he was sweeping his rod tip with a chatterbait. And he'd eat his cracker and he'd sweep his rod tip. He was, he wasn't really fishing. He was, he had a line in the water, but he was just kept yeah. sweeping his rod tip like a Carolina rig. Yeah. And he swept that rod tip one good time and it went bonk. And it was about a seven pounder. And I was like, huh. I said, keep doing that. Keep doing what you're doing. He said, what do you mean? Yeah, he was eating a freaking pack of crackers (laughs) and catches a seven pounder. And I said, just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep sweeping that rod tip and letting that bait fall. I said, that fish got that on the fall, didn't it? He said, yeah. So that's something I've kind of figured out and it works. I I call it fish it like a Carolina rig. Just throw it out there, let it hit the bottom, just sweep that rod tip real slow and let that bait fall. Um, So I've started doing that on a little bit deeper a little bit deeper patches of grass and grass lines, you know, secondary type stuff. And, uh, I've had some success with that, especially on days where they're not really, really active because you sleep that thing by one and it just falls. And when you, when it kills, you know, they got to have it. It's just like, kind of like a rattle trap in a way, yeah. but yeah, that was a one, one cool accident. What chatterbait do you use? Oh, I'm a jackhammer guy. I, yeah. <laughs> I always said when they first come out, I was like, there's no way I'm buying a $15 chatterbait. There's no way I'm doing it. And then finally, I had a client give me one. He gave me a red one. He's a guy from Canada. He comes down and fishes with me every year. I've actually got him next, uh, second week of March. And uh, he came down last year and he gave me, no, not last year, two years ago. He gave me a red chatterbait, a red jackhammer before he left. He's like, I can't fish with this where I'm from. So, here, you can keep this. I was like, okay. So I tied it on the next day, and I was like, I got to see what all the fuss is about. And it's legit. <laughs> it's a legit $15 bait. I'd probably give 30 for them if that's what they went to. Man, um, I, I've, I've, had other, I've had other people on here kind of say the same thing when we're talking about chatterbaits. And they're like, you know, you can get those $7 ones and $8 ones or $6, whatever. And I'm like, man, is that 50 Because I was the same way as you. I was like. Am I really gonna pay fifteen dollars for this? But yeah. when you talk to people, they're like, "Yeah, it's that big of a difference." It, it's that, no, it, yeah, it, it makes a difference. And so it's the hunt action that that chatterbait gives. You know, you hear people talking about a square bill that hunts. You know, you have square bills that run tight. They're your flat sides and your balsa baits that are real tight working square bills, and then you'll have a square bill that hunts. And what they mean by hunt is it it looks erratic coming through the water. It's hunting left and right, left and right. And that's what a jackhammer does. A jackhammer, so back to what we were talking about a minute ago with me waking a chatterbait, fishing up shallow around pad stems, primrose, stuff like that. I will not use a jackhammer for that. I will go to just a regular Z-Man, but, you know, OG chatterbait, uh, Project Z, uh, Project Z weedless. The difference is all those chatterbaits I just listed all run really tight and really true. You can't fish a jackhammer subsurface or waking. It won't do it. It wants to hunt down, up, left, right, and you can't. It doesn't run right. Yeah. But for that, you know, 10, 12 foot up to 5 foot, even 4 foot, I'll downsize to 3 eighths if I'm fishing some grass and I want it down in the grass. A jackhammer, that's the best there is. Yeah. Uh, 
when you hop yeah. that jackhammer out of the grass, it does all kinds of crazy stuff, and they eat it. And they eat it. That's right. They eat it. <laughs> Do you? Um, is there particular colors that you kind of go with? Uh, I'm jackhammer, I'm swim on, jig. Yeah, so I've got I, I I throw some custom swim jigs from uh, Saudi Custom Tackle up in Saudi Daisy, Tennessee, and um, they built some really really neat custom tackle spinner bait swim jigs. I mean, you name it, they pour swim baits. They They've got it all. Everything in the shop, for the most part, is handmade right there. And I've been throwing their swim jigs for a couple of years, and they're pretty tough to beat. They've got a really good hook in them and a soft weed guard. That's what I look for in a swim jig. But as far as color goes, you know, I'll start this time of the year. I've got one that I call Fancy, and it's a kind of a goofy color. But it's it's white, like a pearl white, and it's got strands of pink in it. But if you look at a gizzard shad out of the water – with the sun hitting the side of it, they have a little pink hue to them. So yep. I don't know, maybe it's just me, but that's one of my colors. And then obviously I've got a red one that I like to throw and then a brim color for later on in the spring when the, and May, you know, early summer when the brims start moving up, I'll go to a brim color, but on the jack hammers or chatter baits in general, I've got different colors that I throw for different applications, but um, pretty much stick with fire crawl and golden shiner those are my two colors uh on the jackhammer what's the golden shiner the golden shiner is a it's just a shad colored bait and it's got some a couple of gold strands and a couple of brown strands and a lot of people don't understand that gunnersville a lot of the tennessee river is chock full of golden shiners and they are bass candy i mean i think if bass could choose what they ate all the time it would be golden shiners. They're really soft. Huh. Uh, golden shiners are really soft bait fish, so it's easy for a bass to eat and digest. And they absolutely choke that thing. I mean, like, got to dig it out of them sometimes. They get it so deep. Nice. All right, guys, let's take a couple minutes and hear from some of this week's sponsors. This segment was brought to you by the Alabama Fishing Show and Expo. Come explore a huge gathering of fishing boats, tackle, kayaks, custom lures, rods, reels, apparel, marine electronics, fishing accessories, and more at the Alabama Fishing Show and Expo in Gadsden, Alabama, March 10th through 12th at the venue at Coosa Landing. There will be vendors with fishing, marine, and lake salt life related products. Many of the vendors offer multi-species gear for fresh or salt water. Meet pro anglers, take in a seminar, and bring the whole family. March 10th is Military and First Responders Day, and March 11th is Junior Anglers Day, the Alabama Fishing Show and Expo. And brought to you by OutdoorAlabama.com. That's where I learned the basics of how to hunt and fish, including what's in season and which license to buy. Learn more at OutdoorAlabama.com. Go hunt. Go fish. Get outdoors. This message was brought to you by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. Also brought to you by Killer Dog. I hadn't even realized how bad it was. I was cleaning fish on rotten wood, and after cleaning just a few fish, I was filthy, and I had a sunburn. I tried wearing a hat, but it just couldn't keep me cool. And how was I supposed to clean fish without getting messy? Killer Doc brings the upgrade that not only will keep me cool and clean, it will make being on my dock enjoyable again. Killer Dock combines durability, function, and design to uniquely upgrade your entire dock experience. Visit KillerDock.com to check out the greatest fish cleaning station known to mankind. 
All right, guys, welcome back to the show, Blake, man. Uh, what about the big fish? Usually this time of year, January, February, March. I mean, that's big time Tennessee River, big bass time. Yeah, it is. It is. I love this time of year. It's probably my favorite time of the year, especially February. Um, February, especially in Alabama, because deer season's still going on. Lakes aren't that crowded. You can go to the boat ramp and get a parking spot, but you're right. This a, it's a big fish time of the year. Those fish are really feeding up because they know they're fixing to sacrifice a few weeks in the shallows, not eating much. So they go to gorging and they eat big stuff this time of the year. Um, it's hard to do at Gunnersville. It's doable on some days, but at Chickamauga, I'll throw a glide bait a lot this time of the year and target those really big fish that are eating a one giant meal a day or two giant meals a day. How's Chickamauga compared to, to Gunnersville? So, I mean, they're a lot alike. Uh, but there there are some differences. One one di- one big difference with Chickamauga and Gunnersville is Chickamauga doesn't have near the habitat that Gunnersville has. Chickamauga is kind of a cross between like a uh, I don't know like a Highland Reservoir and a Gunnersville. It's yeah. There's a lot of a lot of parts of well, Chickamauga, the whole reservoir at Chickamauga, except for the very north end, is a lot like the lower end of Gunnersville. You got a lot of steep drops and you know, there's just not a lot of grass at Chickamauga. There used to be. There's a lot of dilemma on where that stuff went and Yeah, who there's did always what, that you know. argument, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I there's flats at Chickamauga that used to have miles of hydrilla that grow very little anymore. But there is some eelgrass starting to show up at Chickamauga and I'm praying that T V A can't get a hold of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. I hope that it because man, you want to talk about a bass factory if if that stuff had the if Chickamauga had the amount of eelgrass in it that Gunnersville has, holy cow. It'd be hold awful. on to your shorts. Oh god. Those fish those fish at Chickamauga just don't have a lot of places to hide. And then it's, it's a lot like Gunnersville, you know, it gets a fair amount of, of tournament pressure. But Gunnersville is a special place just because those fish can be anywhere they want to be. Yeah, um, they can roam. Co- uh, they got yeah, plenty, there's, co- plenty there's cover everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Didn't they have the big, uh, wasn't the elite there this weekend, this past weekend? No, it was the Toyota series. Toyota, uh, that's MLS what Toyota that's right. series. Yeah, and it it took some it took some pretty good bags. I think the guy that won had twenty high twenties, twenty seven, twenty eight first day, and then backed it up with twenty four. That they got cut short. It's typically a three day tournament, but he he caught them. He caught them. They're, they're moving. The fish are moving. He caught all his fish on a bridge uh, with an Alabama rig. Really, and usually, yeah, usually when you start seeing that at Gunnersville, which you can catch fish on the bridge at Gunnersville any time of the year, in my opinion. But usually, when you start seeing those big females pump through them bridges, it's it's they're moving, it's on, you know, from now until the end of I don't know the end of the spring until they decide to move back out, it's it's going to be on. There's going to be some big bags of fish weighed in in the BFL this weekend, I think. Yeah, that's um, that's that's this weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I expect it to be one of them. Like, if you ain't got 18, 19, you Don't ain't just going back. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to take, I feel like it's probably going to take a bag close to 30, if not in the 30s. And I, I feel like a, I feel like we're, we're liable to see a whole bunch of bags over 20 pounds. That's just, that's my take. It may not be that way, but with the weather the way that it is and fish moving the way that they are, they're getting on places. Uh, 
they're getting on places grouped up, stacked on top of each other's heads, where you can pull up on one of those spots and, and bust 25 pretty quick, you know, if you Goodness get their out but, Man, I saw a uh, post the other day from uh, a tournament down in Florida. I think it was – I can't remember if it was in the Everglades or where it was down there, but but the, I think it was – man, it was almost a 50-pound bag. Wow. Uh, it was it was like in – it was like mid-40s, you know, 45 to 48, somewhere in there. They were calling seven pounders. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what I'd do with myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, uh, isn't it? I'd say, Lord, take me now. I've done died. Going yeah, to heaven. Oh, going to heaven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's big. It's big fish time of the year, and it's a great man. Like you said, now till these fish move back out. I mean, Gunnersville is is hard to beat, and there's like you said, there's so many. I mean, you got a. I don't know that any lake in Alabama has more pressure than Gunnersville. But I also don't know if any lake has more fish and more habitat. They probably don't. That's right. That's right. That's what makes Gunnersville so unique. They just they have everything that a largemouth bass could possibly want. It's it's there. It's there. Uh, yeah. Giant population of gizzard shad. Giant population of threadfin. Giant population of golden shiners. They they eat crappie too. Don't let anybody tell you different. Them those big fish will slurp a eight to ten inch crappie down oh yeah they'll do it um and those there's it's just i don't know it's got it all <laughs> i'm i'm blessed to live as close as i do to it i know that um, yeah no doubt man. i keep telling everybody all my clients that that book me for chickamauga i've i've kind of started redirecting them a little bit um i'm like look gunnersville's the next big thing it's it's gonna get back to what it was 10 12 years ago i feel like yeah i feel like we're where you know you know you roll up and to weigh in and it's 35 34 33 29 28 i really feel like we could i really feel like we could see that again probably in the next two to three years i've I've watched it the last probably three years really close and that median tournament weight has increased every year by a pound or two and, you know, this year your median tournament weight is going to be 18, 19 pounds. There's going to be a lot of those bags. You're going to have bags in the mid-20s. You're liable to see a thirty mid-30s bag. They're there. But I think in the next year or two, 30 pounds is going to be pretty common again at Gunnersville. Man, that's exciting. That's exciting. Well, man, before I, oh, I'm I get out of here, you got you got if somebody's coming up to fish Gunnersville this, this weekend, Tennessee River, what's your tip of the day? My tip of the day would be to start in the back and work out. Um, and what I mean by that, start in the back of the pocket, work out. The bucks should be in the backs of the pockets. You may run into a pocket that's already got some females pulled up, but I would start in the back. I would fish my way out to the secondary stuff before going out towards the main lake. I feel like those fish are closer to the back than they are to the main lake. And like I've talked about, you know, rattle trap, chatterbait, swim jig keep it simple keep and it cover simple. some water cover some water yeah when you get bit where there's smoke there's fire that's that's kind of my I motto it. i love it great stuff man i appreciate it well if somebody wants to book a trip with you blake what's the best way for them to contact you contact me by cell phone it's my cell number is 423-710-6284 or you can hit me up on my facebook page at just add water guide services 
Good stuff, man. Just add water guide services. Blake Teeters, appreciate you, brother. Stay safe out Thank there. Thank you, Mr. Brian. Always love having you on, man. Talk to you again soon. Absolutely, buddy. Take care. All right. Take care. End of another great segment. Well, let's take a couple more minutes and hear from some more of this week's sponsors. This segment was brought to you by Texas Hunter. Since 1954, Texas Hunter Products has produced the best engineered and finest quality feeders and hunting blinds in the industry. The Texas Hunter brand has become synonymous with quality and durability. By sticking to premier standards, the company delivers tough, long-lasting products that meet the real-life needs of anglers and hunters across America. Their fish feeders, deer feeders, hunting blinds, and outdoor accessories are among the highest rated in the industry. You can trust that your purchase from Texas Hunter Products will meet your needs for generations to come. To learn more, visit TexasHunter.com. This segment was brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. Since 1989, Southeastern Pond Management has been a leader in pond and lake management services. If you own a pond or a lake anywhere in the Southeast, Southeastern Pond Management can evaluate the health of your pond and then work with you individually to put together the right plan to get what you want out of your body of water. Through electrofishing, liming, fertilizing, and weed control, Southeastern Pond Management is the one-stop shop to help you produce more healthy trophy fish than ever before and if you're interested in building a new pond or lake give these guys a call to help evaluate your land and design the best possible body of water for you if you're anywhere in the southeast schedule an obligation free consulting with one of their biologists by calling 1-888-830-POND or check them out on sepond.com and brought to you by northalabama.org are you looking for a real adventure whether you are experienced or just a weekend angler looking to land a big one north alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition north alabama is home to eight picturesque lakes pickwick wilson wheeler weiss smith neely henry lake gunnersville and bear creek lakes each lake is well stocked with a variety of fish and in north alabama fishing is great year-round for more information, visit www.northalabama.org and click on plan to download a North Alabama fishing guide. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Great episode with Blake right there, man. Uh, great time of the year for, for Gunnersville, all you guys that go up and fish the Tennessee River. I mean, I know this is a time of year y'all all probably look forward to, and uh, I got to get up there myself, but uh man hey churn it burn it right now cover a lot of water and man if you need to want to book a trip uh up to gunnerville reach out to blake what a great guy love having him on here uh very knowledgeable young man and uh fortunate to have so many of these guys like like blake that that know what they're doing uh so give them a call book a trip with them and uh, man, call us and let us know how you do. We we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email. But that uh that is going to be a wrap for the show this week. One thing that's for sure, guys, it's getting warmer. The temperatures are getting warmer in the air. The water's temperatures getting higher. The fish are are, are loving it, and uh, it is it is getting to be that magical time of the year in Alabama. So. If you guys are enjoying the podcast, take a minute, subscribe, rate, leave us a review wherever you listen. If you'd like us to email it to you, we'll do that every week. All you have to do is text the word fishing to 314-665-1767. We'll email it to you each week. Stay safe out there, guys. Look forward to coming to y'all again next week. 
Hey guys, this is Brian Sin, and not only am I the host of the Alabama Freshwater Fisher Report, but I am also a land agent for National Land Realty. Hey, you guys already trust me with bringing you the fishing report from around the state of Alabama, but if you have any needs with wanting to sell property or looking for property to purchase, hey, give me a shout. I would love to help you. My number is 601-383-2344. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Mallard Bay Outdoors. MallardBay.com is the Airbnb-style marketplace for discovering and booking your next guided hunting and fishing adventures. You can browse trips and prices by state or species, select the dates you'd like to go, message outfitters, and secure your dates all from one platform, MallardBay.com. Not sure where you want to go yet? Reach out on Instagram or Facebook and they can help you find your dream hunt. And by MB Ranch King Hunting Blinds and Feeders are built to last right here in the USA. We also offer high quality, easy to use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King built in the pursuit of perfection and by fish bites for over 20 years fish bites has been helping anglers all along the gulf coast and around the world put fish in the cooler ask for fish bites or fish bites fight club lures or visit fishbites.com fish bites made in the usa and brought to you by hilton's real-time navigator bringing you the highest quality online satellite fishing charts since 2004 your source for sea temps altimetry, currents, and watercolor at hiltonsoffshore.com. And brought to you by... The all-new Alabama Fishing Show is coming to Gaston, Alabama, March the 10th through the 12th. The venue at Coosa Landing on George Wallace Drive, alabamafishingshow.com. And brought to you by... The Alabama Marine Resources Division reminds all recreational anglers possessing gray trigger fish, greater amberjack or red snapper that they must report these fish through snapper check before they are landed in alabama for more information about snapper check please visit outdoorsalabama.com and by great days outdoors magazine pick up a great days outdoors magazine subscription and become a better southern outdoorsman you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com